This is an adult education podcast of Lanier Technical College. If you are a lawful resident of the state of Georgia and are interested in more free lessons to improve your English or prepare for your high school equivalency diploma, such as the GED or HiSET, please visit our website, www.laniertech.edu. Click on Adult Education and follow the instructions. And now for our lesson. Most of us are aware of the parts of speech we see in English. Nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs, etc. We also see that each of these parts of speech has a particular set of positions where we could place a word of its type in a sentence. For example, nouns and pronouns are commonly found at the start of sentences in subject position and at the end in object position and verbs tend to come somewhere in the middle. However, in English, we can often use verbs with particular forms and endings in different positions in a sentence, where they act more like adjectives or nouns. Hello, my name is Hallam Pope, Adult Education and ESL Instructor at Lanier Technical College, and today we will be learning about participles and gerunds, which can be quite confusing when learning and studying English. In this lesson, you will learn what a participle or participle phrase is and how to identify them, what a gerund or gerund phrase is and how to identify those, as well as how and why we might use these in our writing. By the end of this lesson, you will be able to explain how you know a word is a participle or a gerund, you will learn how to tell them apart, and you will hopefully be able to use participles and gerunds to describe objects, people, and their behaviors using the correct grammar. Before you begin, try asking yourself some of these questions. Are you sometimes unsure whether a word is an adjective or a verb? For example, how did the snapping turtle get its name? Is the word snapping in this phrase an adjective to describe the turtle, or a verb to describe what the turtle is doing. And what about some phrases that could be verbs or nouns? In the phrase, Joe likes going camping, is going camping a verb or a noun, since this is the thing that Joe likes? We will cover all this and share some tricks that you can use to figure these things out. Okay, so first things first, let's define a few things. What do we mean by participle, and what do we mean by gerund? A participle is simply a verb that is used as an adjective, or otherwise, a verb that is being used to describe a noun. Some examples of a participle used in a sentence could be The postman ran from the barking dog. The mechanic fixed the broken car or the cooked pasta was too hot to eat. In the first example, barking is the participle, since it modifies the noun dog. Or we could say it describes the dog by explaining its behavior. In our second example, broken is the participle modifying the noun car. Broken describes the state of the car, its physical condition. The car was broken, or it broke sometime in the past, 
So now it's a broken car. So here we see a past tense verb being used like an adjective to describe a noun. And our last example here gives us the participle cooked, which modifies and describes the noun pasta. Again, someone or something acted on the pasta, so we use a verb to describe the action to cook. So now we use another past tense verb as an adjective to describe the pasta. We can usually identify participles by looking at the verb ending or suffix. Typical endings for participles include ing. Uh, these verbs are in what we call the present progressive tense. So ongoing actions that are happening now, like barking, swimming, calling, etc. Other participle endings you will see are those in the past tense. Suffixes like uh, ed, as well as what we call the past participle with suffixes like en. Some examples could be painted in the sentence the girl with a painted face or sharpened in the sharpened pencil. We might also see en endings like broken, stolen, swollen or even molten as in molten lava which means something has been melted. In fact, we don't really use molten as a participle anymore, and it's basically just become an adjective to describe flowing lava. Another trick we can use to tell the difference between a participle and just a verb is to look at the word position in a sentence. For example, we could take our barking dog example, and we could say both the dog is barking and there is the barking dog. Since barking comes after the noun, dog, in the first sentence, we can see that barking is being used as a verb. The dog is barking answers the question, what is the dog doing? In the second sentence, we see barking positioned right before the noun, dog. In English, we most often put the adjective before or to the left of the noun it is modifying. In this case, the barking dog could answer the question, which dog? So we know barking is being used as an adjective, and it's a participle in the second sentence, there is the barking dog. Okay, so we've covered a little on participles, so now it's time to have a look at gerunds. We didn't answer this yet, so what is a gerund and how is it different from a participle? Now, a gerund, just like a participle, is formed from a verb, but instead of being used as an adjective to describe a noun, a gerund is a verb used as a noun itself. Maybe surprising is that we use gerunds all the time in everyday conversation. Some examples of gerunds would be fishing in Do you like fishing, Bob? Paying in We were thinking about paying for their meal and getting in after getting paid, I go shopping. As you may notice, all of these gerunds have an ing suffix on the end, and this is true for all gerunds. You may notice a pattern in how the gerunds were used in those sentences. We see fishing after the word like. It's as if we are answering the question, what does Bob like? Which needs a noun or a noun phrase as an answer. In 
thinking about paying for their meal, we are answering what are they thinking about, and the answer is a gerund phrase, paying for their meal. And finally, with after getting paid, we are answering after what. When we answer a what question, we need a noun. So if we answer with what we are doing, we will need to use a gerund to reply. Just like participles, we can look at where in a sentence a word is used to see if it's being used as a verb or a gerund. Since gerunds are verbs used as a noun, gerunds and gerund phrases can be used as the subject of a sentence, the object of a sentence, and in phrases like prepositional phrases. An example of a gerund used as the subject of a sentence is exercising is good for you. Here we're using exercising, a verb with the present progressive ing suffix, ing, as the main sentence subject. So what is good for you? Exercising is good for you. We can also use a gerund as an object. We might see a gerund direct object as in I tried swimming backwards. See, we could have a similar sentence using the main verb tried, like I tried the fish, meaning I tasted the fish for the first time, right? The difference with the gerund swimming is that it's an action, it's not a physical object like a fish or food. We might also see gerund as an indirect object. For example, Michelle gave studying her all. What did she give her all? studying. We can also use gerunds after prepositions like to, about, of, at, etc. For example, if we take our studying example, we could say Michelle gave her all to studying. To is the preposition and studying is the object or noun of the prepositional phrase. We had our example thinking about paying. We could also say something like, the chef is an expert at creating new recipes, or that guy's the king of grilling. So when we are trying to identify both participles and gerunds, we should always pay attention to the position of these words in the sentence to tell them apart from each other and from regular verbs. Remember, English follows an SVO word order. So, subject, verb, object. A standard verb will go in the middle, V position. However, a gerund will take the place of a noun, usually in subject, S, or object, O position. As for participles, they are verbs used as adjectives, and adjectives fit right before the noun they modify. The difference between a gerund and a participle will be that a gerund will take the place of a noun and will act as a noun, but a participle will only modify a noun and describe it, usually taking the position right in front of a noun. So, just to give examples for participles and gerunds in each position, you might see a participle describing a noun in subject or S position in an example like the laughing boy was happy. Here, the full subject is the laughing boy, 
And laughing is the participle describing the noun boy. Of course, you will also see participles in object or o position in a sentence like the parents picked up the crying baby. So what did the parents pick up? Here, the complete direct object is the crying baby. The participle is crying and the noun that it modifies is baby. Finally, you could also see a participle as part of an indirect object or in a prepositional phrase. An example of a participle in an indirect object could be the parents gave the crying baby a pacifier. Who or what did they give a pacifier to? Or which baby did they give a pacifier to? The crying baby. We could see the same idea with a sentence that has a prepositional phrase. Remember, a prepositional phrase is a phrase starting with a preposition like to, at, about, in, on, etc. So we could say the parents gave a pacifier to the crying baby. Our prepositional phrase is to the crying baby. The preposition is to and we have a noun phrase the crying baby. Of course, like in the other examples, baby is our noun and crying is the participle that is acting like an adjective to describe the noun. So, in all of those examples, we see the participle right before a noun, which is in subject position or object position in a sentence that has the usual subject, verb, object, word order that we have in English sentences. Now, we'll do the same for gerunds and give examples of gerunds in each sentence position. Remember, a gerund can be used as a complete subject or object in a sentence. In the sentence, programming is a skill that takes practice, programming is a gerund that is the full subject of the sentence. We could also see a gerund as a complete object of a sentence in one like bears enjoy sleeping. Of course, sleeping is both the object of the sentence and a gerund. Lastly, we could look at our example from before, she gave studying her all, to show a gerund as an indirect object. Again, we could use the same gerund in a sentence with a prepositional phrase, she gave her all to studying. These sentences answer questions like, what did she give her all, or what did she give her all to? Studying, right? One thing we can mention here is the difference between simple participles and gerunds and participle phrases and gerund phrases. Thankfully, the difference is pretty simple. A participle is just the one word like laughing in the laughing boy or crying in the crying baby. Likewise, a gerund is the single word like programming in programming as a skill or sleeping in bears enjoy sleeping. And the laughing boy and the crying baby are both participle phrases, and programming is a skill and bears enjoy sleeping are gerund phrases. A participle phrase is a longer and slightly more complicated piece of a sentence. A participle phrase can include more parts like adverbs, prepositional phrases, or direct or indirect objects. For example, 
We could have a sentence with a simple participle. I saw the director filming. Here, filming is the participle, and it modifies or describes the director by what he or she is doing. However, we could modify that participle, filming, to turn it into a participle phrase and give more detail. We could add an adverb to say, I saw the director filming excitedly. We could add a prepositional phrase, like, I saw the director filming in Atlanta. Again, we could add a direct object and say, I saw the director filming a movie. And finally, we could maybe add both a direct and indirect object, although this example does sound a little strange. We could say, I saw the director filming the studio a movie. Think of this like the director filming a movie for the studio. So filming is our participle, a movie is our direct object, and the studio is our indirect object. We can consider all of these examples with added information that describes more about our participle filming as containing participle phrases. Now, let's take a look at gerund phrases and what makes them different from simple gerunds. Similarly to our description of participle phrases, we can say that gerund phrases are like longer extensions of gerunds with extra information, which function in the same way as simple gerunds. We can form a gerund phrase by adding adverbs and prepositional phrases. Let's take the simple sentence, Rose loves dancing. Dancing is, of course, a gerund here. We could turn this gerund into a gerund phrase by adding an adverb quickly. Rose loves dancing quickly. We could also use a prepositional phrase like to salsa music or on stage and say Rose loves dancing to salsa music or Rose loves dancing on stage. Dancing quickly, dancing to salsa music, and dancing on stage are all gerund phrases. So hopefully now you have a better idea of the differences between participles and gerunds and participle and gerund phrases. Now lastly, before we move on to some examples for you to practice for yourself, let's think about some example situations when, where, and why you might want to use participles and gerunds. As you should hopefully know by now, participles are used to describe people and objects like adjectives. For this reason, one of the most obvious reasons to use a participle is to describe someone or something by what they are doing. For example, maybe I'm with a friend and we see a big flock of geese by the river, and I want to point out this one goose in particular. Unfortunately, I can't say anything like the black goose or the goose with the yellow feet because all these geese look the same. Instead, I say to my friend, look at that sitting goose or look at the goose eating the bread. Sitting in the first sentence is a participle and eating in the second sentence is another which is part of a participle phrase, eating the bread. So here, you can see I'm making use of participles and participle phrases 
to describe a specific goose and differentiate it from the rest of the flock. We might also use participles to describe the state of a person or object. Some examples could be broken, eaten, painted, leaking, grown, etc. With these examples, we could describe an object in different stages over time, or an object with properties that can change. For example, we could use a simple adjective like new to describe a light bulb. I bought a new light bulb. But we could also use the participle broken to describe it. This light bulb is broken. Here, the participle explains what verbal action caused the light bulb to become the way it is now, right? So, someone or something broke the light bulb, so now it's broken. Here are some other examples of participle phrases the half eaten sandwich, the painted door, the leaking pipe and the fully grown elephant. And of course, we can combine participles with adverbs and prepositions to give extra details. She watched the driver very slowly easing off the brakes. As for gerunds, there are many ways these can be used. Most obviously, using a gerund can be an easy way to make a verb or action the subject or object of a sentence. If we want to describe or make a comment about an action or a type of activity, we use a gerund. If I want to talk about the act of learning to drive in general, I could say learning to drive is an important milestone in life. Or maybe we could simply say cooking is difficult or watching television is boring. We can also use gerunds to describe our likes and dislikes and our hobbies. Gerunds can be objects that follow verbs such as like, love, dislike, or hate. Ari loves skateboarding. Sasha hates shopping. Similar ideas could be expressed in more complex sentences. Pat wants to give knitting a try. They dislike driving to work on a Monday morning. Or, Kyle enjoys riding his dirt bike very quickly over muddy ramps. We might also use gerunds and gerund phrases in sequences of actions, when giving directions or instructions, and in lists of activities. For those of you who listened to our reading podcast on text structures, you'll likely remember that we covered chronological and sequence text structures, and gerunds can be quite helpful here. For example, we could say, the first step is inflating the paddling pool. Of course, inflating the paddling pool is our gerund phrase. We could also say something like, before filling the pool with water, the pool wall needs to be inflated. Here, we're using a gerund phrase within a prepositional phrase, before filling the pool with water to explain the order in which we inflate the pool and add water. Finally, we might see gerunds used a lot in to-do lists or things like travel itineraries. For example, let's say your family needs some extra help around the house and they say, I need some help with mopping the floor, vacuuming the carpet and taking the dogs for a walk. 
Here, you can see how gerund phrases, as part of prepositional phrases, since we see that preposition with, uh, can be used. As for a travel itinerary example, imagine you're going on a bus trip across America. Your tour guide says, here's the plan for the trip. First up is checking out Niagara Falls, and then it will be driving down to New York City. Our third and final item will be having a look around DC and touring the Capitol building. Again, here we see many gerund phrases. Checking out Niagara Falls, driving down to NYC, having a look around DC, and touring the Capitol. All used in a short list in the order of first to last. Now that you have a thorough understanding of participles, gerunds, and the phrases that contain them, you can identify and tell them all apart based on where they are used in a sentence, and you know in what situations using them can be helpful, it's time for you to put those skills to the test. So, it's time for some practice questions for you listeners to try, and of course we'll start off simple and maybe throw some more difficult questions in towards the end. So, question one. In the sentence, the cooked cheese was on the burger, is cooked a participle or a gerund? So, is cooked a participle or a gerund in the sentence, the cooked cheese was on the burger? Alright, so the correct answer here is that cooked is a participle. Participle is the correct answer. One clue to remember here is that gerunds always end with the suffix ing. And here we see the verb cooked with that ed ending, used as a participle to describe the noun cheese. It's acting as an adjective. So cooked in the cooked cheese is a participle. Well done if you got that first one. Next up, question two. In meditating helps me relax, is the word meditating a participle or a gerund? So in the sentence, meditating helps me relax, is meditating a participle or a gerund? What do we think? Well, here we see that ing ending, meaning this could be a gerund. And what sentence position do we see meditating in? Well, it's at the start of the sentence in the subject position, acting as a noun. So we can say that meditating is a gerund in meditating helps me relax. Question three. Let's look at the sentence. I could see two people fishing from the dock. Is the word fishing in this sentence a participle or a gerund? I could see two people fishing from the dock. So is fishing a participle or gerund? Okay, so we see fishing with an ing ending. 
but both participles and gerunds can use this suffix. So how about we look at what position in the sentence this word takes and what question the sentence could be used to answer. It seems like we have a subject, I, and a verb phrase, could see. This means that the object of the sentence, and remember in English we typically have SVO word order, the object is the full phrase, two people fishing from the dock. So what role is fishing playing here? Well, we could make the whole sentence a lot simpler with just, I could see two people, right? And this still makes sense. But it could sound a little strange to remove two people and say, I could see fishing from the dock. Okay, so this sentence could work, but arguably there would need to be a hidden subject in the object of the sentence. We might think of this as, I could see someone fishing from the dock, or I could see people fishing from the dock. Since we do have the phrase two people before the phrase fishing from the dock, this tells us that fishing from the dock is modifying and describing the noun people, or modifying the noun phrase two people. We can see that fishing from the dock is acting as an adjective to describe the noun, so it's a participle and not a gerund in this case. Hopefully you can see all our tricks that we talked about coming into play here to help us break the sentence down and figure out the answers. Alright, question four. Let's use the sentence, before putting on her glasses, Erin remembered how much she liked seeing clearly. So, are there any participles or gerunds in this sentence? Find any participles or gerunds in the sentence before putting on her glasses. Erin remembered how much she liked seeing clearly. So, let's begin with the first phrase here. Before putting on her glasses. What do we know about this phrase? Is there a subject, a verb, an object, or is there a preposition? This is actually a prepositional phrase, which begins with the preposition before. What comes after this could be a sentence. We could say, before Erin puts on her glasses. But putting on her glasses could not be a sentence on its own. Looking at the whole sentence, we know that it's Erin who is putting her glasses on. So we see that putting on her glasses is being used as an adjective to describe the actions of Erin. So it's a participle. Maybe think of this like a nickname. We could call this person putting on her glasses Erin to understand more clearly that this is an adjective. And I know, this can be a little tricky. Okay, so we have the first bit solved. What about the phrase seeing clearly in Erin remembered how much she liked seeing clearly? This part should be easier since we have one of our keywords that we mentioned, liked. If you remember, 
after words such as like, dislike, love, enjoy, etc., we use a noun. You could say, I like eggs, or I like eating eggs, and both are fine. So here, seeing clearly acts as a noun, so it's a gerund. We have one participle phrase, putting on her glasses, in the first phrase, and one gerund phrase, seeing clearly, in the second. Okay, and question five. Can you identify the participle or gerund phrases in the sentence, Alex, putting on his life jacket, was enjoying learning to jet ski? Again, what participle or gerund phrases can you find in the sentence, Alex, putting on his life jacket, was enjoying learning to jet ski? Now again, let's break the sentence down to figure out what we have. Our first phrase is putting on his life jacket. Just as we did with the previous example, Let's figure out if this is acting as a verb, an adjective, or a noun. If it was a verb, we could say Alex putting on his life jacket as a complete sentence, but this doesn't make sense. We'd have to add another verb like is or was to say something like Alex is putting on his life jacket. So we can rule out it acting as a verb phrase here. Okay, so is it an adjective? If so, what noun is it modifying? In other words, who is putting on his life jacket? Well, Alex is putting on his life jacket. Seems promising, right? So let's just check if it's a noun. What's the subject of the sentence? We have one subject, and it's Alex. What about objects? We have life jacket the thing that Alex is putting on. So it looks like putting on his life jacket is not acting as a noun here. So we can say that putting on his life jacket is acting as an adjective that describes the behavior of Alex. So it's a participle phrase. All right, and that second part, was enjoying learning to jet ski. Let's think about the parts of the sentence. Our sentence subject is the one and only Alex. If putting on his life jacket is a participle acting as an adjective, we can maybe consider that part of the subject too. This means that was must be part of the verb phrase. We see enjoying with that ing ending but this could still be a verb, a participle, or a gerund. Since we see was enjoying together, this looks like a regular verb phrase. So we're left with learning to jet ski, because this directly follows was enjoying. So let's think about what kinds of words and phrases could work with these verbs. For example, we could say Alex was enjoying the rain. Well, what is the rain? Of course, this is a noun phrase. Rain is a noun. We could also say, Alex was enjoying his meal. 
or Alex was enjoying the sunset. Again, his meal and the sunset are both noun phrases, which are also objects in the sentence. So you might have guessed where we're headed. We can say learning to jet ski acts as a noun. It's the object of the verb phrase was enjoying, and so it's a gerund phrase. We answer the question, what was Alex enjoying? He was enjoying learning to jet ski. So in the sentence, Alex putting on his life jacket was enjoying learning to jet ski. Putting on his life jacket is a participle acting as an adjective modifying Alex and learning to jet ski is a gerund acting as a noun and the object of the verb phrase was enjoying. Okay, hopefully you're getting the picture or at least you should have a better understanding of participles, gerunds and the structure of a sentence compared to before the lesson. And with that, we are reaching the end of today's lesson. Here's what you should remember. Participles and gerunds are both formed from words that are verbs. Unlike regular verbs in a sentence, participles do not act as verbs, and instead they act as adjectives, words used to describe nouns. This means participles generally appear right before the noun or phrase that they modify. Just like we could say the green cricket, a phrase with an adjective green and a noun cricket, we could also say the jumping cricket. Jumping in this sentence fills the same role as green in the sentence before. They both work as adjectives, so jumping here is a participle. Some common ending suffixes for participles are ing, ed, or en. A couple of questions we can ask to find participles are which, as in which baby did you say looks like Riley? The sleeping one, meaning the baby who is sleeping. And what or how, when we are describing a person or object by actions, as in, what was Michelle doing when she looked tired? Handing in her essay. Michelle, handing in her essay, looked tired. Gerunds, unlike regular verbs in a sentence, don't act as verbs and instead they act as nouns. They can be part of the subject of a sentence, a direct or indirect object, or a prepositional phrase. And so gerunds can appear anywhere in a sentence that a noun or a noun phrase could. Just like we could say, I love chilies, I am learning about chilies, uh, chilies are my favorite thing, and I'll give chilies a try. We could also use the gerund phrase, eating spicy food, in the same place as chilies, and say, I love eating spicy food. I am learning about eating spicy food. Eating spicy food is my favorite thing. And I'll give eating spicy food a try. Unlike participles, gerunds always take the ing ending. Since gerunds act as a noun, 
Gerunds and gerund phrases can be thought of as answering only what questions when the answer is an object. What do we like? We like baking cookies. What is the last thing you should do before going to sleep? Brushing your teeth is the last thing you should do before going to sleep. We'll also see gerunds as the object of prepositions in prepositional phrases. Examples of prepositions used in this way include about, to, at, and on. For example, we could say they're thinking about heading to Florida for spring break. This was different to riding a bike. Adrian was good at solving problems and the couple were dead set on finding parking. If you can remember these points and practice identifying participle and gerund phrases, you'll find it much easier to understand the meaning of texts, keep perfect grammar in your own writing, and score well on any test questions on the topic. Thanks so much for listening. My name is once again Hallam Pope, and I hope you found this session to be helpful practice. But for now, it's goodbye and good luck. This concludes the lesson. Please make a note of the time, complete your log sheet, and turn your log in to your instructor at the end of the week. Then complete the follow-up activities assigned by your instructor or in your course module. This podcast has been a production of Lanier Technical College Adult Education.